But it's curiosity as to where we are, what we are. Existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. Welcome to the Curious Humans podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Miller. I'm always drawn to stories of people who are finding ways to forge their own path. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with Fergal Smith. I'd I'd followed followed Fergal's surfing adventures vicariously for over a decade. And there are often videos shared of him either towing or being towed into massive, like 30 foot tall waves on the Irish coastline in the depths of winter. But three years ago, along with a couple of close friends, Ferg made the bold decision to start Moy Hill Community Farm. And although they're too humble to admit it, what they've created there is pretty unique. So we talked about some of the challenges they faced as a family in the early years. Things like no running water, no electricity, and not even any roads. And how they've managed to plant over 18,000 trees so far. A bit about his vision for the coming decades and why he believes that growing veg is only the first step towards healing ourselves. I find their story really inspiring and spending time with him, I was, I was struck by you know, the rare sincerity and grounded approach that they share, prioritizing being in nature, planting trees and building a community over a lot of the stuff that us city dwellers get caught up in. So without further ado, Please enjoy my conversation with Fergal Smith. So I'm here with Fergal Smith in Moyhill Farm, and we're sitting drinking tea in an amazing little dome. There's there's a hammock behind Fergal and things growing and dogs outside. And um, yeah, it's been a really amazing couple of days. It's kind of gone really quickly. But to kick off the interview, um, we usually start by asking... Were you particularly curious as a child? And if so, what were you curious about? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I was definitely a curious kid. I vividly remember, like, I used to, obviously, like most kids, playing with the, the neighbouring kids and running across fields together. And I'd be like, I can't wait until I'm old enough that I can build a raft so I can go on the lake and then I can fish off the lake off the raft and canoe out there and I, you know I'd all and this is when I'm like five or something I don't even know but I just and I remember the other kids friends and neighbors were just like clearly saying like I don't think like that I you know I, I don't plan to do these things like you do and from that age I've always been like I want to try and figure out can I get to the other side of the lake and see what's going on over there and walk the whole lake. We have a big lake beside our house. And yeah, always curious to find out and little woodlands. I'd always be exploring them and climbing trees and making tree houses and <laughs> just, yeah, curious to explore and do things. And same thing happened with my surfing, going up surfing, just the, you know, normal ways as everyone does. And then as you get a little bit better and start seeing waves that look exciting, and wonder, can you surf them? And curious, can I? And trying. And in the time when I was growing up, there's a lot of waves that weren't being surfed. Um, people were just surfing like the few main waves, and these waves were going unridden. And I'd be like, I wonder, can I surf that? And people saying, Oh, you can't, you know, and it's too dangerous. And I just be like, Well, I'm just gonna go out and have a look. I'm not going to say I'm going to surf these waves, but I'm. I'd rather 
you know, have a look around and go and keep surfing the same Norways. And then, yeah, I just kind of eventually figure out a way how to surf them and then start surfing them. And that kind of was how I surfed and how I traveled and always went to places that I was curious about. And yeah, it's kind of all stemmed from that. Yeah, always wanting to know things or what can I do? Always, it's like more about the potential in me or potential in in us, what we can do. And mm. can I, yeah, do that? And just always wanted to find out mm-hmm. and try and see, yeah, what's possible. Mm. And did you grow up, was that north of here in yeah. the islands? Yeah, so County Mayo, yep. outside Westport town, me and my brother, my sister, and me and my brother, we very similar, so we kind of did all our adventures together from a very early age. You know, we didn't have a surfing background, so you know, me and him would, like, walk four miles to the nearest road and then <laughs> get the bus and then walk to the near wave from the bus. And we do that every weekend and camp and figure all that stuff out and go on little adventures together. And so, yeah, we've always been like that. And we grew up hill walking and camping and stuff a lot, so you know, figuring out routes and climbing mountains and all that stuff has been kind of in our, in our upbringing from our, from our dad, really. Amazing. And um, for those people listening who haven't heard about, about Moy Hill Farm and what you guys are doing, could you give a little bit of context as to how this project first came about and how it's evolved? Like, was there a specific decision when you, were, when you guys were like, okay, let's, let's go for this? And where, did, where was it kind of born from? Yeah, well, I was born from my parents who started organic vegetable farm in Mayo. So I grew up with that and I always loved that. And I, yeah, I loved everything about growing vegetables. But then I wanted to explore and do all those other things, so which I did. And then when I got to an age, I think I was 24 and watching the world going crazy all around me and kind of falling apart and asking the big you know, questions, what can I do to be of use in the world? And it hit me like a pretty clear light bulb that I know how to grow food. It's what I grew up doing. I love it. And I know that makes a difference. So I just, yeah, quite clearly was like, I'm going home, stopping traveling, going to start a farm, I'm going to feed people, but I'm going to involve people, as many people as I can, but involve people, especially who didn't have an upbringing of farming. Because I had the privilege of understanding how to grow food, but most people don't. So yeah, really invite making the farming for people to come in. Mitch was living with me. He joined me from day one and Matt travels here every year and was helping out when he was here. And then he decided to stay. And yeah, it was, it was always very clear in me where it was going. Yeah. And it's still just as clear. It's still the exact same vision and story. Three or four stages along in a 10 stage plan or something in my head. So it's, yeah, it's moving along just as I kind of imagined when I was 24. And yeah, it just grows and expands each year. Amazing. And, um, Going back to stage one, there's a there's a great photo up in the kitchen that, that I saw that's kind of what this area looked like. Was that taken about three, three or four years ago? Yeah, so like we started, I started when I came home when I started in the back garden. Then we went to a half acre plot that we started a community garden, which is again, totally overgrown. Like it was like six feet high in brambles. That was a huge, huge work. And then we had a, a borrowed piece of land for two years and that land was asked to be given back. Then we had to find a piece of land. And in that time, the neighbors 
told us about this piece of land where we are now that no one would really want to buy it and the guy who owns it he just has a holiday home and he probably would sell it so yeah we just quickly bought it but it had hadn't been farmed or even looked at for about 17 years so when we got here like it was yeah really overgrown yeah just wild land that hadn't been looked after so we had to start from scratch yeah really square one we had to build the roads everything had to be brought in from from zero so it's been a big a lot of work but every bit of it has just been so much learning. This buying the 17 acres that we're on now is giving us the kind of apprenticeship to manage this bigger farm, which has been cool. So, so yeah, our third year up here now. Nice. And you were saying that um, when you first moved, you were here through the first winter and you didn't even have running water or electricity or things like that. Like what, what was that like? And were there any like real low points when you were like, what the, what the hell are we doing out here? <laughs> Yeah, no, I was very aware of what we were getting ourselves into, but I wanted to be on the site at the very beginning to get to understand it. When there's nothing in a field anywhere, where do you build the first tunnel and where do you put the road and where do you build the sheds and all these little things? It's really hard to do that when you live off site. So I wanted to be on the land to feel and make a decision go to sleep, wake up, and then see if the decision felt right or not. And that was kind of why I was here for a lot of the reasons. And yeah, I knew how hard it was going to be because, yeah, there was no road. So we had to walk maybe 300 yards, more, maybe 500 yards every day with our youngest or our eldest daughter at the time, Sunshine. And we yeah, bring in our food because there's no garden yet. Food, water, all that stuff. Um, firewood because we... Eventually, we didn't have a stove for a while. Eventually, we got a stove in there. And yeah, so we for about six months, we didn't know anything. And then eventually, we got a road that got to about 50 yards from the from the earth. And then we could easier bring things in. But it was about a year until the roads were all in and about a year and a half or more. I think we, we just left. Yeah, I think we just left the site because we were having another baby um, before the power even arrived. And water was later again. Yeah, so it's been slow. People to take those things really for granted, you know, turn the light switch, turn yeah. the tap, all that stuff that it's easy. And even driving to your front door as if it's easy. But actually, yeah. when there's nothing in a field and you want to create something from scratch, those basic infrastructural needs are a lot of work, you know, to get running water piped around your farm, to have electricity all the time because we're off grid with solar and wind. And yeah, roads. It takes a lot of energy to make roads. So, yeah. It's been a really cool experience in each stage and going through each stage. Like when you get the road, you're like, wow, I can drive here. And then <laughs> when you get power, you're like, cool, I can charge things. <laughs> like we just got a fridge this year. Cool. I <laughs> so like each yeah. stage just becomes yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, very. Get this, I guess like a newfound appreciation for these things that we yeah. take for granted a lot of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's amazing. And looking around, it's. It's pretty incredible to imagine what this would have been like three years ago. Um, and something that I wanted to touch on, so it's it's hard to describe the, the kind of magic feeling to this place, but when we, we turned up yesterday and within about an hour, this this guy called uh, Liam just, just turned up with, with half a, a giant wild river salmon and gave it to you to, to cook and then started playing playing his harp. And there's just such a, like, it was, for me, it was almost like walking into this kind of fairy tale uh, landscape. Um, and I just, I'd love to ask, like, how have you thought about designing the community of people who um, seem to be kind of attracted to this place? And um, how, what have your intentions been 
around kind of creating that space for people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a very clear intention in me and in everyone here that it's for people and it's very welcoming for people. Um, it's got a real clear purpose of the work and the work we do and growing food and planting trees and all these things. That's all very clear and purposeful. Um, but we're always very welcoming to anyone, any age from anywhere to come. You know, there is some boundaries and there's some stuff around work times and stuff, but basically we're open to anyone coming and people feel that like we don't have a advertisement out there, but people feel that, you know, common intention among the, everyone here. And yeah, people just gravitate wanting the same things, wanting to help the purpose create a better world for our children and yeah it's it's felt quite clearly i think from people it's not that complicated of a message mm. so mm. yeah and yeah magic happens people come from all over yeah no it, it seems to um and i was having a look around inside and there's a really lovely calendar that you, you guys have put together i guess it was for the for the crowdfunding project mm. and one of the the quotes that i liked under one of the photos of I think it's one of you guys surfing at Aileen's, but the quote read, the ultimate goal of farming is not the growing of crops, but the cultivation and perfection of human beings. And I wondered if you could just kind of speak to um, what that what that means to you and how you feel like the process of, of learning to grow and understanding how to work with the land kind of affects the people that, that work here. Yeah, I suppose, you know, the vegetables and the growing is like probably 90% of what we do here, maybe 80%. Um, and that's like, maybe what people can think is all we're about. But for me, it's like that is the fun foundation, the basic what we need is good, healthy food from the land. But what we're actually trying to do is, you know, heal ourselves, you know, create healthy humans that relate well with themselves and then with each other and with the land and yeah like we're like at we're at stage one in in healing ourselves is just working on getting food but that's just the basics and then it's yeah working with the land what healing that does and feeding our community what that does for the community and when everyone starts to kind of have that healthier physical body but then also a healthier connection with nature and with working with each other then real healing and real magic and starts to happen in the community. Mm. You know, we could all have the exact same food bought from, if there was such a thing, a shop that had the same quality of vegetables, you know, we could all buy that food and all drive home and be physically as healthy, but we wouldn't be as healthy as humans because we wouldn't be relating together and working together and in touch with the soil and seeing the birds and the bugs and the bees and having all them you know, heal us and interact with us and create our characters and be out in the rain and the sun and have all that, you know, becoming part of us as humans and part of the, if we all work together with nature at the same time, we all are nature. So we're all as one, all feeling the same sun, the same rain, the same wind, and then we can understand each other better. But if we're all just separate and buying our food separate, going home separate, not speaking to each other. It's like you can be physically maybe getting the same ingredients into your body, but I don't think there'd be a healthy 
human race with that setup. So yeah, it's far more subtle than just the food mm-hmm. and yeah, we just grow food, people come and then we become healthier as people because of it. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's almost, there's, you can't really explain it. It just happens and, you know, friendships happen, you know, people get to speak to each other about their problems, whatever. It's like, you can't quantify how it helps each other, but bringing human, you know, homo sapiens are born to be social. So when you make people connect with each other and are in a social environment, that's how we were designed to function. So yeah, we're just kind of creating that space for that to happen. Yeah, it's, I think that's so powerful. And I think it's why so many people do feel attracted to this place. Um, and something you, you mentioned yesterday that you guys have planted, I think over 18,000 trees. Um, and I think your, your dad was mentioning how, how you planted in this kind of in an avenue that's curving around with the land. And it reminded me of, there was another quote on the, on that calendar. And it was a, a Cicero quote, who I think is a stoic, stoic guy. And he said, the diligent farmer plants trees of which he himself will never see the fruit. Um, I know you, you actually probably will see a fair bit of this fruit <laughs> from the, the trees that are planted, but to kind of, to speak to that, that vision, I guess, what, what do you see the kind of stage eight, nine, 10 looking like for you? Like if, if all goes according to plan. Um, geez, we've been a long time talking about what my dream end plan would look like. Um, but yeah, we really do have that long-term view. Like we're, we haven't planted these trees yet, but we're planning on planting like, uh, like a savanna planting of trees where they're big wide spacings of trees that would be over a thousand years, potentially like the oaks, chestnuts, walnuts, and deciding where they go is quite a big decision because they're there for a long, long time and how that affects the pasture or the the veg or whatever, you know, the animals, all the different things. So a lot goes into it. So yeah, we're, we're not thinking of ourselves in this moment. It's really about how is our seventh generation from here going to, you know, work with these trees that we plant and is it, are we doing it in the best way possible? So there's a lot, a lot of thought is going into far bigger than next season. And I suppose, yeah, maybe is it worth explaining that? Cause yeah, a lot of that thinking and time and energy goes into that, that we don't, you don't see and you won't see the fruit of that labor or that time thinking about it, but it is a lot of what we're doing for is that long-term mm. stuff. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really inspiring. Um, and just to, just to wrap up, cause I think we've got to, um, you guys are going back to do some weeding. Um, the question that we normally finish interviews with is, uh, what is the question that you feel like you and the, the Moyhill crew here are kind of living your way into the answer to what's kind of the, the foundational question that underpins a lot of the work that, that you guys are doing? Um, I suppose there's a, a lot of questions people are asking, you know, where does our food come from? Why is there such a mental health issue in in the modern world? Why are we so alone as farmers, as a community? Why are we separate? Um, why are we damaging the planet? How can we do it better? 
yeah, there's a whole range of things that we all really know. We all know we're maybe not doing the best for the environment in our lifestyles or how we live. And yeah, I suppose what all we're trying to do, we're not saying we're doing it right, but we're, yeah, we're trying. We're trying to, yeah, feed ourselves, you know, do things as sensitively to the land that we live with as we can and yeah keep learning and keep gaining experience and asking people one thing that we really lack here in this community and we do have people coming but it's um is elders mm -hmm. so we're just like students at the moment learning every day putting ideas into practice learning from them getting it wrong mm -hmm. finding out information but in the past you know we'd have elders to say you need to do this or you're doing that wrong and keep us in line but yeah we struggle with not having elders here mm -hmm. um, like my dad calls down from time to time which helps and there is some other great people in the community who do dip in but they're not living here a part of it and that's one thing we're probably lacking but yeah we're just trying to we're questioning the societal ways and you know things that aren't working so well for us or, or you know where does our food come from and things like that and we're trying to do the best we can to for me it's creating a world for, that my kids have a future in that mm -hmm. they can grow up and they have their food security and they have hope that there's a place that is benefiting the environment and the community and they can hold on to that hope and get involved and keep it going because it can be quite disheartening if there isn't good ideas or solutions in a community because yeah, you can get kind of a bit lost. So mm. creating a, a small little beacon of some ideas that people can get involved in. Because mm. I think that's all I think we need as humans is to be a part of a a good purpose. A purpose that, you know, knows is creating a better world. And that might be just, I don't know, like, yeah, planting trees or whatever, you know making growing flowers for all people's homes or whatever it might be. But once you get a part of a positive solution that is making a better world, your world's pretty happy because hmm. we're only ever going to be a cog in a big wheel. We're not going to create all the solutions single handedly. But if you get a part of a cog, that's a part of a, a wheel going in a good direction, hmm. you can almost, you can deal with all the problems then because you're doing your bit and you're in, involved in a, a positive kind of motion. Mm. So we're trying to create as many ideas here that people can just, yeah, just dip in and help in that way and kind of helps fight the, the negativity that can be, yeah, so bombarded with us, with the modern kind of world that is kind of not maybe looking after the earth in the way it should mm. or could. Mm. So yeah, just hoping to create a solution for people to get involved in. Nice. And um, that it kind of reminds me of the, I think the last quote in the calendar was this guy called Brian Brett, and it was farming is a profession of hope, which I really, really mm. liked. And it seems to speak to what you've just, what you just talked about. Mm. So for, for anyone listening um, and they, anyone who wants to find a way to contribute or to, or to chip in or maybe learn more, more about what you're doing, where can they, where can they find you and what would be the, the most useful way for them to to contribute to this project and maybe be a part of it? 
Yeah, we just got a, web- a new website put up now, moyhillfarm.com, which has quite a lot of information that would help in ways you can be involved or ideas you may have and if that would work with us and stuff like that. Um, the other thing is, yeah, just, yeah, email is the best because you can always find emails. Um, and, yeah, just get in touch. We have... Uh, um, colossal debt at the moment so if anyone wants to donate to the project to help that it would be hugely helpful because vegetables don't make that much money in this day and age unfortunately so yeah we any support with that would be great and any ideas to help with that well, we welcome and yeah just come and check us out there, there will be events on and different things so you can keep an eye and be be here f- for a weekend or something if if you can't come and volunteer or something. But yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Fergus Smith, thank you very much. Thank you, Johnny. It's been a pleasure. Amazing. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. This week's listener question is, what are some ways that you found to reconnect with the food that you eat? Share any thoughts with me on Twitter or Instagram tagging me at Johnny Miller. That's J-O-N-N-Y-N-1-L-L-E-R. All right, have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It would mean a lot to me if you could take a few seconds to open up your podcast app and give Curious Humans a shiny five-star rating. This not only helps more people to find it, but it will help me to get more awesome guests in the future. And if you're not already subscribed, then the Curious Humans newsletter is where I share monthly morsels of interestingness and podcast updates. You can sign up for that at johnny.life. That's J-O-N-N-Y dot life. All right. Thanks for listening. And here's a preview of what to expect in the next episode. You live, breathe, and love through your message, and people accept you for who you are, and you don't care what other people think. You're just living your best life.